we don't usually blubber this much, Chelsea, I promise. <coughs> She's hormonal. <laughs> um, Terry and Samantha are back here from Belize where they've spent two and a half years. And it's, uh, they did a lot of that. They, um, they held people in their hearts. They hold people in their hearts while they're here, but they held them while they were there physically and, and cared for their physical needs and all that. Um, so yes, that's, that's a very close song to her heart, obviously. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting Chelsea through the Emmaus community, um, at Chrysalis where she and Megan served on a team um, together. Chelsea's probably one of the happiest, most of the time, people that I've ever seen. (laughs) Um, She is always upbeat that I've seen. Um, And I'm just, I'm so happy that she's back safely from Malawi. I kept up with her on Facebook while she was in Malawi. And... uh, But you didn't tell me about the cobra that was in your house. (laughs) So (laughs) that was new. Um, She is 21 years old, and um, she went with an organization called Teen Missions International to Malawi, Africa. And um, they were based out of Florida, and they've got 30 worldwide bases. And uh, she spent nine months in Malawi and two months in South Africa. And she, as she says, I'm just a regular girl that was obedient to the Lord. And it took a lot of obedience because I was terrified to go. Now, somebody tell me, I'm going to send you to Africa. I'm going to go. They have cobras. I have proof. <laughs> so I wouldn't go. I probably, I don't know. The Lord would have to really tell me I was going to have to go. Um, but as she says, God was faithful. And he, um, he took care of her in spite of the cobras. <laughs> and so Chelsea and her mom, Rhonda, Rhonda are here with us tonight. And Chelsea, come on and share with us. All righty. Like she said, my name's Chelsea. Can I stand up here? Is that okay? I have to talk with my hands so I can't hold this. Um... Like I said, I'm, or like she said, I'm Chelsea Winninger. I'm 21. Um, um, again, just a regular girl that God, through a lot of pursual and running me down, um, just called me to be obedient to him, and I didn't know what I was really getting myself into at all. Um, but I went, and it was kind of a crazy thing. Um, But I went with Teen Missions, like I said, they have a program called One Year Volunteer. It's the One Year Volunteer Journey journey thing. Um, You can go ahead and go to the next slide. Um, So I was in the country of Malawi for the majority of my time. And it's the little, here I'll hop down. It's this country right here, that one. It's really small and it's very third world. They, They themselves, the Malawians, will say it's fifth world. Because it's unlike, it truly is like unlike any other country I've ever been to. I'll back up for a second. I also went with teen missions to um, a couple other countries. They do summer programs where you go for the summer and go to their different bases that they have everywhere or partner partner companies for short-term mission trips. But it's also to help build up 
the organizations are in different areas. So I went to Scotland and Egypt with Teen Missions a couple summers before. Um, so I'd always heard about them, and that's kind of how I got involved. So in Africa, they have bases all over, all over Africa. But I got assigned to Malawi. We were originally supposed to, my partner and I, who they try not to send white teenage or 20-year-olds by themselves, so they sent two of us out there. Um, we originally were supposed to go to Uganda and then went, ended up being assigned Malawi. You can go ahead and go to the next one. Um, so this is a picture of Malawi. And this, they have about 12 locations in Malawi. This is the main base in Chipoka and then other little locations. But this is the place where we lived for the most time, for the most part. We have the base in Chipoka, which is where electricity, running water, the nicer, nicer things are and where the offices are. And then we have other smaller locations outside of there. Oh, I, don't, I didn't even bring notes. I don't know why I keep looking at that. Um, Go ahead and go to the next slide. So they do something called rescue units um, and matron units. And basically it is, go ahead and go to the next slide. <clears throat> this is an orphan rescue unit. This is the one that we, Lorraine and I, lived at for the most part and where you'll be hearing the most stories and what I did while I was over there. Um, it is, a, like you see, a portable, portable little plywood building. And two staff members usually live there. And inside of that unit, you'll have medicine, curriculum to teach the kids, um, all sorts of things. Again, we'll be going through and seeing what all they have. And we lived, you'll like this way in a little brick house. You'll see the picture of a cobra. I totally thought I put that on Facebook. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so why have rescue units? That's something that people don't understand. Or what res- what are rescue units? Like, what is this? You know, you hear of orphanages for orphans and stuff. And that's a very popular cultural trend right now. It's a, it's a social fad. Um, but rescue units are not orphanages. They're kind of what you call... There's two... There's a live-in orphanage where the kids will come and live there. But this is what I would consider a live-out orphanage. It's There's never rooms. The kids don't sleep there. But they will come and get things like clothes, medicine, food if they are really struggling with food, and um, other help. But it's not just for the orphans. It's for any kids that really need it. And so by doing by not having buildings for the kids to sleep in, it provides more money. For other, for other things like clothes and food and whatnot. Um, this is a picture. Okay, this is, we did, my, Lorraine, my partner, did, took, we were at school, and they were all lined up around us because we're white, and they, in the bush of Africa, they don't see white people very often. So she took a picture like this of the whole, everyone who was here, and it took five of these captures to get all the kids. There were one 1,200 students at this one primary school. And this was deep, rural, bush, village of, like, a, like it was a very much a village, bush school. And so this is just one place, the one place in Malawi. And it was, there's a school 30 kilometers away, like 18 miles away. And so this is, like, I don't know how to explain. There's a lot of kids that go here. And so Teen Mission saw this, saw this need, and saw that these kids, not all of them are orphans. You'll probably have five or six in this picture that are orphans, but they're all struggling in some way, whether it's spiritually, whether it's financially, physically, with food, whatever. 
And so Teen Missions, go ahead, built a rescue unit. And then you have two staff members that are always Malawians, always Malawians. And I think that's a key point of this. They have Bible schools. Teen Missions runs Bible schools to train their the nationals to be leaders in their country. And so these are two, Stella and Missy, yes, they're married. They were two students, got married in school, um, who were trained and now work for Teen Missions at the reunit there. They're like our mom and dad. That's what we, we call Missy, it's our Malawian dad. Um, I actually got to talk to him the other day on the phone. It was really exciting. Um, and this is Lorraine, who is my partner. She's from Canada. Also heard about Teen Missions through doing summer teams. And then we heard about this um, one-year um, program. Go ahead. And so at the rescue unit, there's, there's like the rescue unit for us. And then there's a huge field that they play in, which they love. Um, so we'll do games. Go ahead. And then, like, they just love to play games. After school every day is usually when people will come to the unit. Unless, yeah, I'll explain that in another slide. Go ahead. Um, so every day after school they'll come. And Sundays and Saturdays, they will be there all day. You will get woken up at 5 o'clock in the morning because as soon as the sun peeks up over the mountain, they're there. And Rain and I are like, we just want to sleep, but they're there right outside of our, I don't know this. I'll just show you a picture of the kid. He would stand outside of our door towards the end whenever they got really comfortable with us. And we were learning their language so, like, we could communicate with them and stuff. And he would sit outside the door and be like, Auntie Chelsea. Auntie Lolini, because they can't say they can't say Lorraine. <laughs> um, go ahead. Oh wait, go back real quick. Sorry, I forgot. Um, so after school every day, when it's not Sunday or Saturday, they will have you will teach a class. It can be whatever class that the, the staff want to teach, whatever it is they want to teach. But one day a week, usually Saturdays, they have to have Sunday school, and that is a curriculum. Like they give the staff curriculum, they do little coloring sheets, but they have to teach Sunday school, and it has to be a biblical teaching to, you know, teach the kids. So this is a picture of their Sunday school, which, go ahead, the kids love. Um, Also at the rescue unit, sometimes they'll have storage buildings for the more, like I said, there's 12 in Malawi that Teen Missions run of these rescue units, but some of them are bigger than others depending on the number of kids that are around and they'll have storage buildings or, like, a medical building for people to stay in if they're getting treated. Again, I'll get to that part. Um, but for um, this rescue unit, we had a women's Bible study and in one of the extra storage rooms. Go ahead. So that's another thing that the rescue units will do. We do a lot of medical care. That's probably the biggest um, part that Teen Missions does. We have... All like malaria medicine, deworming medicine for any topical, like anything that you could pretty much have. Um, like I was telling my church last week, I think the most interesting thing that I treated, Stella and Missy, it's the staff that we stayed with, where we were kind of there to help them to, to um, do whatever we could to really learn what it was like to be staff members, to learn what these rescue units did to build the rescue units up, to see what we could bring to help them manage and then, you know, be spreading the gospel through that and just touching people, basically. We were just there to serve them. And so Missy's and Stella were very much handing Lorraine and I the reins on a lot of things. There were translators, and they would guide us in things, but they, if a patient would come, they're like, 
you got this. And I kind of picked up on the language really quickly by the grace of God. And so Missy is oftentimes would be like, it's all you. I'd be like, oh, okay. Um, so this is treating one of the kids. Go ahead. This is Malik, one of our good friends. He came. He was at the unit every day, all day. He skipped school to come to the unit and play. Bye. And we tried to make him go to school, but he would not go. Um, <laughs> this is actually a funny story. He was playing soccer with his little brother and another suti who I talked about a second ago, and his little brother. <laughs> one of them just kicked him in the head for no reason. Anyways, and then he comes to me crying. And Anyway, so this is after all that. Go ahead. Um, at the rescue units, if we have um, tur- churches and organizations in the states will donate clothes to teen missions in Florida. And what they'll do is send over a huge shipping container. And I think the Malawi base has probably gotten two or three of these. And so while we were there, we actually got one, which was really cool because we got to see these huge bales of clothes that were in these shipping containers be handed out at some of the units because we got to go with the coordinator to drop them all off. Um, so this is a picture of some of the kids getting clothes, and there's some stories that I'll tell you. Go ahead. Um, like this girl, um, Allie, uh, Sarah Bay, yeah. This is all she has. This is literally, and you'll know she only has one shoe because you have to have something on your feet to go to school, but she just has one. Like this is literally all that she has, and this was even handed down from her older sister. And so Teen Missions was able after this picture was taken and we told the correct people, we were able to get her clothes, which was really neat to see the staff be able to help their people. Go ahead. Um, this is a story about Monica. There, um, I have two tables set up back there, and her picture and about five other pictures are there, and on the back are stories. I was babysitting last night, so the glue probably won't be very <laughs> neat because they really wanted to help me glue the papers to the thing, and so there's kind of glue all over it, but <laughs> it's a picture in the story that counts. Um, but the, her story is one of them on the back. I made those so you guys can take them home, take more ho- one. You can take one of each if you want. I made a bunch of them, so... You can take them all, and that's fine, because that's why I made them. Um, but her story's back there, so I encourage you to look at it and read it. It's really neat. Go ahead. So I'll save that for reading it. Um, this is another handing out clothes day. Um, <laughs> just funny. Go Vols. Go ahead. Um, teaching, teaching class. For me personally, I would teach. I taught. Wait, we, it was like Lorraine Monday, me Tuesday, Lorraine Wednesday. And so I taught three times a week. And I teach um, English, math, and music. And so this was music, which is um, a kind of a cool story. We had, um, there was, I taught them, what was it? Uh, every Move I Make, that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, I taught them that song. And it was one of those things like, I, every Monday we worked on it. And so by the end of the time they were there, they got all the words, and it was really neat. Um, but the na-na-na-na-na part, you know what I'm talking about? Na-na-na-na-na-na. Um, so we would, play, we would do that, and I would tell them they have to be crazy. Wozezeka, wozezeka kwambili. And so, cra- like, very crazy. And so we'd get to the na-na-na-na part, and you'd have, like, a room full of, like, 200 kids, and they'd all be like, na-na-na-na-na. And they'd dance. I was looking at my videos last night. I wish I would have... I should have remembered that, but it was, it's funny. It was really, it was neat. I 
truly did not know how to play guitar before I left. Like, I knew two chords maybe, but I just picked it up and, like, a total God thing, just, like, picking up the language, but he used it, and it was really neat to see um, how God took that and really used it for his glory. Go ahead. Um, they can't go to school if they if they have hair on their heads, like, more than a finger, like, half your finger or something. And so a lot of kids will have to quit going to school in Malawi because they don't have money to shave their heads. And so one day I heard about this, and I was like, Missius, what can I do? Like, they should be going to school because if you don't go to school, you don't get into secondary school, which is high school. You don't get into secondary school, you don't get a job. Like, you don't have a good job. You don't. That sets you up for your life. And so um, we, Lorraine and I, we're like, all right, let's just cut their hair with scissors, like craft scissors. Why not? And it worked, and it wasn't the neatest thing. But by the end of that day, though, my fingers were like, oh, I can't bend them. I probably we probably did like 40, 40 of them. Oh, that was funny. Go ahead. So that was with that picture. We they also have to wear uniforms when they go to school. So teen missions. This is back at the main base in Chipoka. What they do is once a month they'll have every one staff member from every unit come the base as a refresher like learning refining teaching um teaching better ways to teach teaching better ways to give medicine whatsoever um so this is me learning how to make uniforms it was not pretty at first but i got there this woman her name's edna she was at a different unit she was very patient in teaching me how to redo it over and over and over again go ahead um, wait, real quick, can you go back? Can I just talk, like, these staff members love what they do because they love the Lord and they love to serve their communities. These sewing machines, this room, there's like 20 of them. The sewing machines would break every refresher by the second day, every time. These staff members would hand sew these uniforms and they would have to do like 10 of them for like a whole week time. And they only get one hour of free time to work on these uniforms and it's their free time. And so it was just really, like, amazing to see these staff members and their dedication. Go ahead, because they would hand sew these things. Um, we slaughter, we have animals at the units, and this is slaughtering a goat. This was the nicest picture I could find. That's squeezing the poo from the intestines of a goat. It was interesting. Really gross. I thought I was going to vomit. Go ahead. I don't know why I'm smiling that picture because I was freaking out. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Um, so Lorraine and I had a budget to do a project at our unit. They kind of were like, Teen Missions was like, you can do whatever you want. Just get approval from the coordinator. Go for it. And so we were looking for, like, the greatest need. What do, what do they need? What can we do to help build this unit up and stuff? And um, this was what we did. They have camp. Do you know, like, D-Now or Impact or resurrection or whatever a camp for a weekend you know what i'm saying um or like a retreat they would have a retreat that's a better way to put it um so they had a retreat every week um one month of every weekend and the bottom of this tent is completely completely worn out because they've used it one weekend every month and they have a special camp in december where it's two weeks long two week two yeah two weeks long and so these tents are completely worn out you can go to the next one and so we decided to build a structure where they could live, they could stay in this dorm, like have a, a building so they wouldn't have to keep wearing out these tents. So this is building that. This was like a three-month project, so it was a big thing that we did while we were at this location. Go ahead. 
And I am really good at building things third worldly. Like, I probably couldn't build a building and it'd be straight, but I could do it. And it would be done. And it would stand. So that's what I learned a lot, too. But we let the kids, well, the older boys, help out a lot. Which was really neat for them because they've never gotten to do stuff like this. And it taught them, you're nodding, can I, you probably understand. Teaching them hands-on experience. You don't have to have a college degree to get a job laying brick over there. You, like, or any certification or anything like that. If you know how to do it, they'll hire you. And so teaching these boys how to do that was really cool because it was giving them job experience for the future. You can go ahead. And um, this was, go ahead. Just the progress of our building. This is the final thing. You saw that picture at the beginning. Um, and this was our building that we built. This is actually during our two weeks camp. The boys had to sleep in the tents and the girls got in the dorm, which was fun. Um, go ahead. So that's our little dorm. This is Margaret. And this is a wrapper, like what I have on right now. Satinje is what they call it. Well, they call it wrapper, an English word, which is kind of funny. But it, that's all they slept on. Like that's all they had. It was just one little thing of fabric. And I felt really bad when I was coming in there for camp because I was like, I'm not going to sleep in my house. I'll sleep with them in the dorm. We'll, we'll do this, and it'll be fun. I come in. Like, I didn't have a nice mattress. It was like a little piece of foam. But I came in there, and I was like, let's do this. And I come in with my mattress, my sheets, and my pillow. And all they have is a piece of fabric that they're sleeping on. I was like, whoa, <laughs> okay, I'm going to sleep in my room instead I felt like I don't know it just really hit me but they come they were comfortable they look like they don't know anything else you know and it was interesting to see I don't know it was just interesting and I like I never would have I don't know never would have guessed that go ahead though this is a cobra that was in our house um <laughs> I really I don't remember I guess I didn't put it on Facebook okay so I'll tell you that story I was laying in bed one night and Lorraine like this is our bedroom this church I mean our bedroom was like the size of the stage like half but my bed was here and then like Lorraine's bed was like catty corner so I look up and I'm just like laying in bed about to read doing my nightly reading before I go to sleep I don't know and I look up and I was like Lorraine I think there's a snake in our house what is this like we've never had a snake we have mice we had mice like crazy um this is another funny story that you have to ask me after because that's hilarious um so I was like, Lorraine, I think there's a snake up there. She's like, oh, really? We're afraid of spiders, not snakes. So that wasn't a problem. And she was afraid of spiders. I had to kill them. Um, so after much like, ah, I don't want to wake up Missius, Lorraine being like, no, we need to make, wake up Missius. What if it gets in our mosquito nets tonight? No, Lorraine, I don't think we need to wake up. Yeah, let's wake up Missius. Okay. So we go and eventually they get it down and they kill it. And we're like in the living room area because there's a wall that separates it as much of a living room as we had it was like that wide and we're like standing on our chairs our little wicker malawian made chairs and then you can hear the boys in there screaming as they're trying to kill (laughs) and lorraine and i are screaming because we don't know what's going on we're not even afraid of snakes but we're screaming and um and then we hear it like clunk and i was like what is that and this is like it's on your bed chelsea I'm like, kill it. What is this? The snake's on my bed. And I'm like freaking out because it's on my bed. And so anyways, they take it outside. We don't even know it's a cobra. We just think it's just a snake. He takes it outside and then 
they don't like hit it over the head and it dies. I mean, they're like wailing on the thing for like five minutes, not trying to kill it. And Lorraine was like, um, Missy's, I think it's dead after like two minutes. And he was like, no, we got to make sure. So they chopped the head off. <coughs> and then he says, oh, that's a cobra. I'm glad you, you know, hollered at us because that would have, could have killed you if it would have gotten in your mosquito net. Oh, yeah, I'm glad too. Good. So that was the snake story. You're good. Go to the next slide. Um, another story that's out on those pictures encourage you to look at i'll leave the suspense you see the picture now go read the story go ahead though um this is a story a picture i meant to delete off here but if you'll notice that's me and a really long stick with fire inside you'll see the result of that picture in a second keep going i'm slightly pyromaniac um this is timothy in his new clothes that he got um i don't think i no um, he got new clothes, and in a church in Malawi, you have to you have to be dressed nicely to go to church. It's just a cultural thing. That's what you do. If you don't have nice clothes, you don't go to church, pretty much. And so this is after Timothy's first day of ever getting to go to church because he got nice dress clothes from the container of clothes that got shipped over. He was so excited too. It was cool. It was cool. Go ahead. Another story. Suspense. Go read them. <laughs> go ahead. Another story, <laughs> go read it. This kid, though, I, I want to elaborate on that story a little bit. Um, you'll read, he was involved in some really rough stuff before he came to that unit. And um, oh, I don't know. It's just, it's really cool to see God's God's faithfulness in his life because God has changed this boy. He was that two-week-long camp. We had teams because there was like 24 kids. So we would split them into small teams, and all of us had a leader and we were going to get some of the young, older boys to help be leaders, like assistant leaders. And he was one that we were like, oh, I don't know. He just got done with this, like, this cult. And we don't know if we can trust him. Like, can he do this? But he just got saved. So let's give him a chance. Like, let's let's give him a chance. And he was actually my assistant leader. Speaks a little. He speaks about as much English as I speak to Chewa. So it was like interesting to communicate sometimes but he mm, led those boys and oh i don't even know he mm, it's cool god's good and god really changed changed him into a leader changed him into someone with a heart to disciple people he wants to be pastor now and he wants to teen missions the bible school that they have also will accreditate malawians to be pastors in their country and so coming from doing awful stuff like in a cult that will go through the village and like kill women and rape them and steal everything to wanting to be a pastor and seeing the the sanctification and it was it was cool god's good but read the story <laughs> this is a typical malawian house malawian house a lot of people are like what do they live in what does it look like this is what it looks like usually it's either brick or packed down mud that they'll compact and then Build the straw um, roof to go ahead. Um, this was a, the result of that fire. I caught a bat. We were at a we were at another rescue at one time, and the bats are just really loud. And <laughs> don't look at me. I see that look, Megan. <laughs> don't judge me. <laughs> they were really loud at night. I mean, like 
who keep me awake. And when I don't sleep, I get crazy. Ask people who have been on Christmas teams with me. Like, ask my mom. Like, it's bad if I don't sleep. And so I got really angry one day. This is also what happened to the mice. Like, it just happened to bats and mice. I got really angry one night at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I'm going to kill them. I'm going to kill them all. <laughs> and, like, I'm going and... We were I, that picture of me with a fire was my second attempt. But at like three o'clock in the morning, I'm up there like with, I like took my pocket knife and wrapped it around a, um, a stick, and I'm like trying to stab him and kill it. And they were like, "You got, you can't do this. Like stop," because I'd woken up somebody else. And so I tried the next morning, and then did it, and we killed one, and it was cool. We ate it though, because they eat anything and everything there. And it was actually pretty good. I was kind of freaking out while I was about to. Don't judge me, Megan. <laughs> I see that. It was good, though. It really was. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> this is our this is our area. Like, that's where I was laying when I looked up and I saw the snake. But this is like, and then like Lorraine's bed is that way. But this is our little bedroom area. Go ahead. Um, we had a motorcycle for... They give it to the one-year volunteers because it's a nice way of not having to walk 10 kilometers, 5 miles to wherever you have to go. Just kidding. It doesn't work ever. This is like pose. Like it's not been working for three weeks. Yeah, go ahead though. <laughs> There's a cool picture. This is my time in South Africa. After we were done in Malawi, our visa, that we could, the longest visa we could get was nine months. And um, so... We went to South Africa, which was the closest teen missions base that they had, which was completely different than Malawi. I mean, like, culture shock to the extreme. South Africa is very much like here in the States. It's very developed. Even the underdeveloped parts of South Africa are very developed compared to Malawi. Like, everywhere has electricity and running water, and we're like, we can just turn on the switch and there's light. We don't have to light a candle. Yeah, it was interesting. So these are some pictures of in Malawi. Um, we, with the students of the Bible school there, because they have Bible schools at pretty much every base, um, we went to and did like a mission trip for the week, which was cool. Go ahead, though. We were helping build a church. Um, they do some kids' ministries there. This was a volunteer from the state who was there at the same time we were. His name is Alex. Big, like, Afro. I don't know. He's cool, though. Um, but this is him playing soccer with the kids. Go ahead. Um, this is some of the kids. There's just some cool pictures that I really like and I'm proud of because they turned out really neat. So I just threw them in there in this South Africa. Go ahead, though. Again, Victoria, she was one of the girls that um, Teen Missions did a lot with. Go ahead. Um, this is a squatter camp in South Africa and where Teen Missions did a lot of, Teen Missions in South Africa did a lot of their um, ministry. These are 10 Ten shacks, basically, that are put up by um, illegal people that aren't supposed to be building there on somebody else's land. But that's where they lived, and it was a rough, rough area. I'm not one to be, I can be very discerning sometimes and know when I should not go somewhere. But I'll still, like, push my limits and be like, oh, I can go walk by myself down wherever. But Malawi was very safe, and I could, I could, I'd feel comfortable I'm not dumb, okay, but I feel very comfortable going anywhere by myself. And so uh, this was one place I did not get out of eyesight with anybody. It was a rough, spiritually dark place. Go ahead and go to the next one. This was the, the ending of this presentation. This was my last day that I was in South Africa. 
the last day of my year that I was gone, and it was kind of the, um, summed up my whole year. I wasn't, I wouldn't have considered myself like this all mature spiritual person before I left, and I really, I don't, I don't know why I signed up, to be honest. Like, when I look back, people are like, oh, you must have really had a heart for, I, I love to serve people. That's a gift that God's given me is to serve people, and I love that. But I was, like, the girliest, girliest, like, not, I don't know, I didn't want to go play in the dirt. I could if you needed me to work on a house for somebody, but I didn't want to do that. Um, and so my year in Africa was very life-changing in more ways than one. Like, not only did I become not afraid of snakes and spiders and could go kill anything or whatever, but um, it was spiritually kind of taking away a lot of the defense mechanisms that I'd put up in my life or taking away the walls of bitterness and anger that I had had from my past and whatnot. Um, And taking a lot of the hypocrisy in my life and taking a lot of the sin and God saying, nope, this is not, this just took it out and just really was refining for me. And God really worked in my heart. And I've always been somebody who believed in God or knew he was there. I had a lot of heart knowledge. This might sound backward because you hear about head knowledge becoming heart knowledge. But for me, it was like heart knowledge. And like, because I, I had felt God before and I had loved him and I knew who he was. But I didn't really... I was afraid to open my Bible because I was afraid that what was in here would be different than the God that I knew. And I was afraid that there would be a disconnect between the two or that the God that I felt in my heart would not be true. And I was afraid of all these things. But over the, the past year, I at the Bible school that was there, I, I got a lot of their theology books and really like learned about the Bible, learned theology, which is something I love now, which is funny because nobody would have ever expected that me going there. And coming back, this liking theology and studying and stuff. Um, but through that, I really, God really showed himself and showed me his face. And it was really neat. Um, there's a verse in Ezekiel that I'd like to share with you. It's um, Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27. And it says, and I will give you a new heart. I will give you... And new and right desires, and put a new spirit within you. I will take out your stony heart of sin and give you a new heart of love. And I will put my spirit within you so that you will obey my laws and do whatever I command. That was my year. That was my biggest, like God really taking taking my heart and putting in a new heart with his desires, things that he wanted. It was a lot of sanctification that happened in very short amount of time and um so to end i have um another it's just a bunch of pictures that didn't really need stories and didn't really need explanation um so if you'll show that and then i'll wrap it up after that if it'll come so when i was at my church i did this same thing but i sang to it which is not a good idea after you've talked for an hour because your voice is tired (laughs) yeah go well so you have the cd version of the song <laughs> yeah. the orphan clings to 
was like I said a bunch of pictures the monkey by the way I forgot to tell this story I had a pet monkey for a while over there they kill them because they are pests truly they'll get in the crops and like ruin the crop and the crop is how you eat for the next year so they were killing the parent monkeys but the coordinator didn't have the cruelty in his heart to kill the baby monkeys and me, if you would know me, this would make more sense. I was like, please, I want the pet monkey. Don't kill it. And so I just kept the pet monkey for like two weeks, and that got on my nerves a lot. So I tried to dispose of it <laughs> in crazy ways. <laughs> I won't go into that story because it's kind of embarrassing to tell people. Um, so just <laughs> they're laughing. <laughs> it's a serious moment to say it. <laughs> So my um, final 
I guess the thing to say is like, be the hands and feet of Christ wherever you are. You know, going overseas really, really made me realize what I can do in my on my street. Knowing your neighbors. Like, I was, somebody said something one time, like, why, do, why are people going overseas when they don't know their neighbors' names? True, like, literally, the person next door. And I was really like, whoa. They're so, like, this is a huge mission field. And really, God just was like, I have a heart for overseas. I don't think I'm called to that for my for full term, like for full time ministry mission. Um, but I do think God's called me here, and it took going to see that I'm I'm called here. But we're not called just to sit in our cubicles and be comfortable. We're called to be missionaries wherever we are, and that was my one of my biggest lessons and something that I would encourage you guys with. Um, my next steps, um, I. You know what AmeriCorps is? It's like the domestic Peace Corps. I got a job through City Year, which is um, in like inner cities all through the states. So I got a job through them um, for the next 10 months. I'll be working in an inner city in Cleveland, Ohio, inner city school, mentoring and tutoring kids, which will be interesting. Kind of nervous about it, to be honest. I leave in two weeks to move there. Just got back, so I don't know. It'll be fun. Um, God called me to it. Just trying to remind myself that. Um, And going back to Malawi is something that I really want to do. The coordinator of teen missions asked if I would go and um, be in charge of the rescue units, all of the rescue units, be under the coordinator of the Malawi and work over all the units. I would be in charge of the staff and making sure they have what they need. Um, My goal would be to make the units self-sufficient so if teen missions ever had to leave, they would still be able to run um, where they are and have profits so they can buy food for the kids and buy medicine. Um, so that is what I would do. If I go back, still praying about it, so if you guys will pray for me. I'm 21. I'm kind of at that stage where probably I had two years of college before I left, aimless college, like undeclared major. I have no clue what I'm going to do at all. I don't at all. Um, still don't. Um, but serve the Lord. That's all I know. I, I really, besides, I have no clue what I'm doing with my life. But, um, so yeah, if you would just pray for me um, when I get done with city year, it'll be one of those things. Either I'll go back to Malawi for three years or I'll go to school. I want to go to Malawi, but I should go to school. I don't know. Anyways, that's a whole other topic. Um, there's, like I said, there's two tables in the back. A lot of, there's different little trinkets that I brought from Malawi. There's some coins in the dishes from like Malawi and South Africa. I love to look at coins. So if you like to look at them, take them home with you if you'd like. And the pictures, take those. Um, but just look at the stuff back there. I'll stand back there. If you have any questions at all, again, a year's a lot to cover in just a little amount of time. There's a lot of parts that were like majorly missed, like left out and I could have left things out. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Or if I can pray with you or anything like that, just let me know. Um, but thank you for letting me come and speak. I really appreciated it, and I hope it encouraged you. Can I just pray over you guys before I step down from the podium? Let's do that real quick. Um, Father God, Lord, I just we love you and we praise you, Father. And Lord, I just thank you for your faithfulness, and thank you for what Teen Missions is doing in Malawi, but all over the world. And we praise you for all your servants, all the people that are laying their lives down to serve you, Lord. And even in this room, God, I pray over everyone in this room, 
We're all missionaries, and I pray for a heart, a burden for neighbors, and also a burden for what you want us to be burdened for, Lord, whether that is in any other country, whether that's in Belize, Malawi, Brazil, anywhere, Lord, I pray that you will help us recognize that burden and act on that, and that we will be obedient to your calling, Lord, even if it is to go talk to our neighbor while they're mowing their lawn, Father. I just pray for um, for burdens and obedience in this room, Lord. And I pray over all these people that we will just fall in love with you, Father, and be obedient to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.